Let's open the Word of God to Psalm 76, the 76th Psalm. And let's use this text to introduce and to start our consideration of axiom number seven, God rules over all. Jehovah is the only God. He created all things for himself, and he rules over all. He's active in the management, supervision, direction, control, restriction, and restraint on all aspects of his universe. There is no reason to fear governments, conspiracies, nature, mother nature, enemies, angels, Satan, chance events, or men's hearts or men's minds. He's in control of all those things and more. Chance events are no difficulty for him. The hearts of men, the minds of men. He's a manipulator of both. Praise his glorious name. Do not be offended by the word because thank God he manipulated your heart and your mind to come around and believe on him. He opened the heart of Lydia. David said, make me go in the way of thy commandments as we prayed this morning before our services even began. We have mentioned this verse before. There is some repetition because it's necessary for you to be able to tell your children which verses are important for some of these points. This point is God ruling over all. Nothing is outside His control. Nothing is happening in the world confusing to Him. Therefore, it should not be confusing to us. I have told you, and I say it respectfully, because the man's soul is in, and his eternity is in the hands of God, for Billy Graham to tell our nation repeatedly in, in 2001 about the World Trade Center and the other events that took place that previous few days that he did not understand, he was confused by it, it's a mystery to him, it is no mystery. God's in complete control and use of all events, including events by evil and malicious men and the devil himself. Psalm 76 and verse 10, surely. We've had a selah leading up to this verse. Surely. This is certain. There is no doubt about this. This is a fact. This is an absolute fact. And even the Holy Spirit wants to emphasize the verse. It doesn't say, the wrath of man shall praise thee. It says, surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. Now the wrath of man is not a good thing. It's a terrible thing. And the wrath of despotic rulers has caused enormous loss of life. But surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. He rules all things that he created. Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee, the remainder of wrath shalt thou restrain. So God restrains and confines and limits wicked men, and what he allows is his purpose, his plan, and his design for them, and he gets praise from it. That is how far we take the sovereignty of God. I am not ashamed of it, nor am I in doubt about it. Because if you back off of that statement at all, you end up with things happening in life that are outside of his design and his use and his direction and his praise. It all results in his praise. Praise. Not just bare allowance. 
It comes back to praise Him. Everything that you see that involves the wrath of man. It doesn't matter if it's Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin or Mao Zedong of the 20th century. Three terrible men, totally under the control of God. Their nations deserve them. Their nations actually deserved worse than them. But the Lord sent those men to their nations. Our God, Jehovah, has absolute and total control and rule over all His creatures and all events in the universe. Look at Acts chapter 2. Let's just consider briefly that the, the worst event, the most wicked event, the most evil event, filled with the wrath of the Jews, incessantly crying out for the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, begging for His blood to be on their hands, to be on their children's hands. They were rabid in their hatred against the Lord Jesus Christ. Wrath like has never been seen, it was directed to the praise of God. So we come to Acts chapter 2 and see if Peter and the Holy Spirit in the New Testament agree with the Holy Spirit and David in the Old Testament. Verse 22, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up. Verse 23, there is a determinate counsel God's counsel determines what shall take place and the foreknowledge of God of knowing those events before they ever come to pass involve the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, the most wrathful event in the history of the universe as far as men are involved, for sure. It was according to the determinate counsel of God. Nothing got outside His rule and His constraint because He restrains everything that's not to His praise. So when you look at world events, no one has ever had to face so many world events as you do. And it's part of the diabolical plan of Satan to distract you from a proper worldview. They sensationalize true news, and they specialize in fake news. And the two together keep you distracted. If it's a storm, if one person... If one person died, or one dolphin died down in, in Orlando, we got to hear about it. I don't care about the dolphin. No one in the history of the world ever cared about the dolphin in those particular circumstances. They sensationalize right. true news beyond what it deserves, and they, sen- they, they specialize in fake news. Nothing is out of God's control. Right. Every storm He sends... Every house it hits, and every house it doesn't hit. Now, when I read those storm reports that I don't care very much about, I look through them, I speed read through them, looking for some baby picked up out of its crib, the house is leveled, and the baby is put in the, in the limb of a tree, right. safe and sound, and it's not even crying, 150 feet away or something. And then I punch the air and say, Lord, that's wonderful. Then there's some blasphemer 
that's climbing some mountain that they shouldn't be in a way that they shouldn't and they fall. Oh well. Oh well. Sorry. Don't play with my God. Don't sail in a ship and say, even God couldn't sink this one. And don't try to climb a mountain that hasn't been climbed before or try to climb some sheer face of a mountain. Everything you read, they're going to want to sensationalize it or fake it and try to give you the impression that God is out of control. Storms aren't out of His control. He directs that stormy wind exactly where He wants it to go. In fact, thunder is His voice, and I love to hear it. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. Psalm 29 is all about His voice. He controls everything. There's no conspiracy outside of... He just laughs at their little efforts. There really isn't that much of a conspiracy in the world anyway that isn't satanic. Because flesh and blood doesn't even count when we analyze what the wicked enemies we have in the world are. Flesh and blood doesn't count. They're just minor. The real one is spiritual. And we can oppose it with specific armor that He gave us. And He's in charge anyway. And I hope that you might remember Isaiah 43, 7 and 21 through this week where God said, Give up. Don't keep back. Referring to you. No one's going to take us. You say, well, the Cubans could invade. You never know. We'll send the New York Police Department. (laughs) The Cubans could invade. What if Cuba takes over America? It's Red Dawn. Just forgive your pastor. The Cubans take over America. God's going to save us. Let them take over America. We'll be the best citizens they've had. Once the war is over. Look at chapter 4. Same event. Crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. God rules over all. Chapter 4 and verse 28. Let's get verse 27. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus. This is in a prayer by the apostles and those meeting with them. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. That is so comforting. This is the worst event. America falls to the Cubans. They impose martial law. We can't meet here anymore. They take it over. And Fidel's grandchildren are here. They've got cots out for them. We have to meet in the woods or a warehouse or wherever we've met before. We're going to trust the Lord. He's going to take care of us because this verse, if we argue from the greater to the lesser, which is how you should read the Bible, if God was in complete control of the crucifixion of His Son and had determined before the things that were to be done by active rational creatures, meaning Jews and Gentiles, Pontius Pilate and rulers, so much He can take care of us. Nothing's going to happen to us. We trust Him. Pastor, but what if something does happen to us? Oh, poor one. God has chosen that thing to happen to you if you're doing your reasonable best for it not to happen to you and it does happen to you anyway he's designed it for his glory and your profit if you'll just respond to it properly 
Should polio have said, but I'm going to be thrown into the Colosseum? Polio said, I'll never deny my Lord. Bring the Colosseum on. You want fire? It doesn't matter to me. Colosseum, fire. You say, it's easy for you to say that. Yep, yeah, that's true. It's easy for me to say it. But you know, as long as you'll remind me of these verses, and if we'll remind each other of these verses, we can do it. We can do it. It's by the power of the Spirit and the power of His Word that we have our faith built up to be able to do such things. And right now, we are wanting to embrace axiom number seven, God rules over all. I was raised to fear some things. Fear government changes. Fear armies. Fear Russians. Fear red, red Chinese. That's what we called them. Communists. I loved Chiang Kai-shek. I was... I knew about Chiang Kai-shek before I knew how to write my name. Taiwan. International politics. They're just playing games. Listen to them talk. God is able to raise up over the nations the basest of men. Right. We will give them all the honor their office deserves and expects, and we will do it cheerfully and we'll do it passionately because we're honoring authority, because they are called little gods on earth. But they are nothing to the Most High. Amen. He has raised up kings and put down kings and raised up nations and put down nations and annihilated confederations. He has mocked confederations and associations in the Bible. He says, go ahead and associate. He says, go ahead and associate. Get your conspiracy all together, and I'll crush it. Amen. He has said that over and over again. So there's nothing to fear. The Lord's in charge of everything. You know, I feared as a very young child with nightmares in the night, and my mother would resolve them with Psalm 34, 7, that this God that rules over all had sent the angel of the Lord to camp. Yes, she would tell me right over there in that corner, Jonathan. Paul was trying to get to sleep after me screaming from a nightmare. <laughs> that's, the, that's a worldview by my mother. There's an angel over there in the corner. Where'd the angel come from? God sent him. Can you show me in the Bible? Yes, it says he camps round about them that fear him. Psalm 34, okay, mom, I can go back to bed. You go back to bed. Dad, you stayed right where you should have stayed. <laughs> this is not to be funny. This is to rejoice in a worldview that trusts God. Whoever of you are facing the most difficult matter, Remember, the, the God of heaven, whose name is Jehovah, who created all things for himself, calls assemblies together and said, which of you angelic host want to take care of that person? That's not a good enough idea. That's not a good enough idea. It's 1 Kings 22, brother. 1 Kings 22. I saw heaven opened and the whole host of heaven. The third one raises his hand, good idea, go and prosper. Do you believe that? Yes. Or is it your pastor telling you stories so that you'll sow a seed in the offering box and get yourself a harvest? I never preach like that. I'm telling you the truth of God's Word. I believe that as much as I believe anything that I can see with these eyes because what I can read, I value higher than what I can see because the Bible says anything you can see is temporal, but what you can't see is eternal. Right. 
There's eternal stuff going on around us that our worldview will embrace because I've got it there. We've got Satan to deal with, but we've got angels on our side as well. The role of angels is part of our worldview. We don't make fun of either, and we don't watch Hollywood's ideas of either. Lord, help us. God rules over all. He first is the potter, which means you are clay formed for his glory. Turn a few more pages over to Romans chapter 9. Verses that we know. Verses that we need to be reminded of. Verses that we need to come into the house of God and to hear again. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, As long as I am alive, I will not cease to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. And he took four verses to say that over and over again in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12, 13, 14, and 15. Four verses there in 2 Peter 1. But we're here at Romans chapter 9. God rules over all. Verse 21, Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? That is a choice of sovereign government and rule that is made in that verse. Hath not the potter power over the clay to choose out of the same lump a vessel to honor and a vessel to dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? The long suffering of God is burning right now, putting up with this world before he burns it up. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. He had chosen us in Christ Jesus before the world began, even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. This is what we need to be stirred up to remember, that God rules over all. He's the ruler. He cannot be questioned. He cannot be hindered, as we've already read from Daniel chapter 4. To question God, to murmur, to be angry, is the insane folly of rebellion. If you have done your reasonable best, and God never expects perfection, in no measure of our lives does he expect perfection. If you've done your reasonable best, then trust him for how things have turned out. Embrace him. Love him. Never complain. Don't worry about it. It's water over the dam. It's water under the bridge. Step forward in trusting Him. Why worry about what you cannot change? Why worry about what's out of your control? It's in His control. There's nothing out of His control. There are things that I feel are out of my control. Could I worry about them? Certainly I could. I have a gene for worrying. But I don't. I don't even hardly think about them because I can't change them. So any thought, any thought on it is a wasted thought. I just turn it over to the Lord, and it's what we all need to do together. And I'm no perfect example of it, but I'm able to do it most of the time. Just turn it over to Him because He's in charge, and He's in control, and He rules over all, and nothing is outside of His control. So I don't question Remember how much I was taught and how much I learned from the 19th verse right here in this context. Thou wilt say then unto me, if this level of God's sovereignty is true, 
Thou wilt say then unto me. Paul raised the argument and then answered it. Why doth he yet find fault? If this level of the government of God is true, then how can God fault Pharaoh for what Pharaoh did? Because he hardened his heart. Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Those are questions raised by Paul, knowing that they pop up in our minds. And what is his answer? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Oh, sweet. Beautiful. Beautiful. He doesn't have to answer the question. He just tells you it's above your pay level. Period. Bye-bye. If you want to argue it, now this is what he says in Isaiah 45. The same, it's a perfect cross-reference for this. In Isaiah 45, he says, if you want to argue, go argue with the other potsherds of the earth. You're a potsherd, a broken piece of clay from my lump that I made. Why don't you go find another broken piece of pottery and fight, fight about it with them? Don't talk to me. I'm your potter. I love a God like that. Amen. Who can't serve a God like that? Who can't trust a God like that? Let's trust Him about everything. You know, we're so protected that we, it's probably easier to trust right now. He ought to turn our lives upside down, see if we'll trust Him. Lord, we like it just the way it is. Can you teach us trust while we're being protected and peaceful? Look at Isaiah 45. I mentioned it about the potsherds. That's not why we're turning there. I want verse 7 this time. The potsherds is in verse 9. I want verse 7. Remember what chapter this is. It's chapter 45. What book it is, it's Isaiah. And remember the chapters 40 to 48 are God boasting about himself. Isaiah 45, 7, this is God speaking. I, am, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Amen. Turn in your Bibles over to Amos. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3, verse 6. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Amos 3, 6. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city? And the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city? And the Lord hath not done it? So the Cubans take over. Who's done it? The Lord's done it. We do our reasonable best, and we won't go down without a fight, because it'll be nation against nation, but we trust the Lord for the outcome. Oh, this week, for those of you that are reading the One Chapter a Day program, you ran into Joab with the Syrians. And he had the Ammonites on behind him and the Syrians in front of him. The perfect words for approaching life. The perfect words for approaching life. I'm going to get off track. I'm born, I was born off track. Perfect. Joab sees, oh no, I've got an army in front of me. I've got an army behind me. Abishai, you take half the army and go take on the Ammonites. I'll take the other half and take on the Syrians. If I see you getting in trouble, I'll send help. If you see me getting in trouble, you send help. Let us go play 
the men for the cities of our God, and the Lord doeth as it seemeth him good. Amen. That is how you go to war. Right. You make your best plan. I need an army in the front. I need an army in the back. Let's go play our men. You arrange your divisions to fight as efficient as you can. Don't worry about it. If you get in trouble, I'll send a couple divisions to you. If I get in trouble, you send them. Let's play the men for the cities of our God. You can do this. Well, I know, I know what's going to happen in that battle. Because he said, let's play the men for the cities of our God, and the Lord doeth as it seemeth him good. It's a fantastic verse about how to face life. Do our reasonable best. Hey, we're outnumbered. It looks pitiful. I'll help you, you help me, but let's go do it for the Lord, and let's see what he does. When evil occurs, it is God's secret will. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. The revealed things are what we're supposed to do. When we see these evil things take place in the world, they should cause us to repent. They shouldn't cause us to wring our hands, to worry, to fear, or to think that God is terrible, or God chose to do it. When Jesus was confronted with some people that had been killed with their sacrifices by Pilate, his words were, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He did, he did not react the way most Christians react. He, did, he certainly didn't react the way that the worldlings react. This was a national tragedy. It's in Luke 13. I'm there right now. There were, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans. Jesus was from Galilee. He could have gone to high school with these guys. Honestly. Galilee was not big. He may have fished with them. He may have built with them, with his father Joseph, his earthly father, but legally. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans? Because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. When we see natural disasters, or when we see military conflicts and people lose their lives and houses are leveled and lives are turned upside down and inside out, we should repent. Do we think that we are better than they? No, we are not. But do we understand that God is in total control of who he picks and who he avoids in every situation, every car accident, motorcycle accident, storm, God chose when, where, who, whom, what, and how it's going to happen. There's peace in having God's worldview right in our eyes, and we should review it until it's instinctive, automatic responses to events around us. Jesus said, Or those 18, upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That's the effect it should have on us. All I want is the Bible. I want to have the effect the Bible has. I don't want to have any other effect on me. He didn't take up an offering for the families of those in Galilee. Very different. God rules over all. Never allow even a hint of atheistic thinking. I don't know why God did this. 
Or God, why did you do this to me? God, it's not fair that you gave me this set of circumstances and you gave others a better set of circumstances. Why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. This is changing my life. Never. Trust God for everything that he does and gives you. He's perfect. And it's for his glory anyway. We're the ones that messed up the world. There would never be a sickness if it wasn't for us. There would never be a death if it wasn't for us. There'd never be a storm that would take lives if it wasn't for us. It's our fault. Repent. Repent. Lift up your eyes to heaven and let him fill you with understanding to submit to his will. Trust him in it and go forward. That is all we're going to cover for the second service. Trust me, I have much more to cover.